Welcome to the Fast Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Today's episode is about empowering our workforce to be confident to take a career break, knowing that they can without adversely impeding on their earning career and potential. Today's guest has done just that by leading the charge on a number of high-profile inclusive initiatives across Greater Manchester. Rebecca Taylor, founder of Close Consultancy, co-founder of Women in Tech North, and co-founder in Tech Returners, is here today to tell us how you're able to do that and move ahead with a strong, positive career. So welcome, Rebecca. Hi, nice to be here. So let's kick off with your early career. The first eight years you spent in corporate roles, uh, in a variety of companies, and in 2012, you started with ResponseTap and progressed to their global head of HR. And during that time, you actually launched with your co-founders the Women in Tech North initiative. What were the things that you observed over that eight years that inspired you to do that? What were the things that you were seeing in the industry? Yeah, it's really interesting. So I've been in HR talent people for the past 17 years um, and the last 10 years actually been in the tech sector. Um, In my first role, I actually didn't even know that I was actually in tech. Um, I actually went for a greenfield project HR role rather than actually the industry. So it was only really when I went to ResponseTap and realised sort of the gap, um, sitting on a leadership team of 13 males and I was the only female, made me start to question. But I think the really light bulb moment for me was when I fell pregnant uh, with my son Ethan and I left to go on a maternity break and I came back and I really underestimated that whole transition back into the workplace. And I came back thinking, I actually can't be the only person that's feeling like this. So um, I started to build up my network around other women in tech and realised there wasn't actually that many. Um, And then met Arzu, who is the other co-founder of Women in Tech North. Um, And we got our heads together and sort of put together um, a community initiative. And we're coming up to our third birthday and our actual first meetup, we actually only had 15 people within a room. And it was just very much an informal discussion about the challenges um, that we had and now we sort of progress where we've got just short of a thousand members within the meetup group and we sort of average around 65 to 70 members at our meetup which is absolutely amazing. I've been to a couple of the meetups and they're incredibly inspiring and um, that kind of encouragement of making your Women in Tech North pledge, the WIP pledge, which is one of the social campaigns that you carry out, was really inspiring. Yeah, definitely. And also, um, so last uh, meetup we did uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we've we've sort of reached out because we actually now want to be more diverse in our steering group. So we want to go 50-50 on our steering group. So we're actually from asking for men in, men in tech to actually join our group to and then help us um, steer that agenda to get more men involved because... Because I think there's no point preaching to the converted. We need to get out there and talk to more men um, around the challenges and advice and offering advice and support to them within technology as well. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, we all have to be in the room together to find Definitely, the solutions. Yeah. So tell us a bit more specifically about, uh, can we call it WIT? Yes, you can call it WIT. It has a really, really strong mission statement. Tell us about that and what its purpose is. Yeah, I think... Like I said, it really started by myself and Arzu with having the same challenges. Um, and our mission is to obviously spread that word out to other people um, to create a safe, open space to people talk about their, you know, their experiences, but also to share their advice about what's worked. So 
I think that's the whole purpose of setting up the the Women in Tech pledge earlier this year. I think for myself, I was a bit frustrated about going to events and conferences, talking about the stats and, you know, the, the issues we face and talking about the issues, but not the, actually any solutions. Um, so we sort of got our heads together and thought, well, we need to create action. We need to create actually movement in this area. So we came up with the, the WIP pledge where we ask for our members to say what they're going to do to improve diversity and inclusion, whether in their own workforce or just in their own personal situations. And then we can monitor the progress over the forthcoming months, years, to see what impact that's actually had. And it's amazing just to hear different people's perspectives and also learn from others. So last um, um, event we had, we had a lady who's talking about culture um, and a very successful Microsoft partner. And they went from a really poor employee engagement to now being recognised as number one top companies, uh, Sunday Times top company to work for. Um, and that's just fantastic sharing all that advice with other people in the audience. No, I absolutely agree. It, you know, we've both been to lots of events where people talk about the problem, but it's the how. How do we make it better? And what can we all kind of adopt or make our own to make those changes in our businesses? Um, so what are some of the tangible outcomes that you've seen from um, the WIT organisation over the last three years? I mean, you're coming up to your third birthday. What are some of your key high points over that three years? Yes, so I think one of them I touched upon, starting off with 15 uh, members and now approaching to just short of a 1,000 is just one of the biggest highlights. Um, You know, creating our messages out through all that that network and seeing more and more people um, come to our um, meetings. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, We had one piece of feedback. We did a, a session around career development and we had some inspirational talks around how to push yourself to go to that next level and on the back of that we had one of our members that actually gave us a feedback it actually got her thinking about her next career step and she'd always been a bit nervous about putting herself for a leadership tech leadership position but she did do and she got it so it's sort of like being instrumental within her career as well um so those are probably the two highlights that stand out to me um but even just like i think about the meeting that we had a couple of weeks ago and just the questions that were being asked and people commenting on our meetup group are saying how warm and welcome the environment was and it was non-judgmental it was supportive you know and, and it's just fantastic that people are getting so much value from it and being a community group as well which is very i'm passionate about that yeah, I think it feels like it just helps women be a bit more braver in the workplace Definitely. and just asking because quite often you you can get it as long as yeah. you have the confidence to ask. Yeah, our last, our last main talk was around the gender pay gap mm-hmm. and um, we had a fantastic speaker called Michelle um, and she was offering advice and some of the ladies there were saying, I've never really thought about it before but it's actually questioned my own position. It's actually made me feel more confident that I need to ask those questions in my workplace as well. Mm. So again, it's creating action which I think is really important. So what has evolved over the first three years since its inception? And I know that you're looking at a a slightly new focus for 2019, um, which you'll be doing a a talk on in a few weeks. Could you tell us a bit about that? So it stemmed from the Women in Tech pledge. um, But most importantly, it was a colleague of mine that said to me, um, there's no surprise why there's actually a lack of women in tech, because every talk... 
every conference, every blog, every video watch talks all about um, the challenges it is to be a woman in tech and actually showcases the negative um, sort of issues that people face. And she says, do you not feel that that's just scaring women to actually even approach to come into tech? And I actually sat back and actually thought, wow, that is correct. And I did a Google search just about the positives about being a woman in tech, and I couldn't even find anything. Mm. And even from my own experience, I used to do talks about my own challenges and talk about the, you know, the struggles that I've had. I didn't really touch upon the highlights that I've had over my 10-year career. So really want to start to reframe the whole women in tech and really talk about the positive things that are going on. Um, as you all know, Trish, you know, there's absolutely hundreds of amazing initiatives going on in just the northwest alone but do people really know about them do people know what impact that's having and do businesses know that there's that resource there to help them um so that's sort of my sort of mission now to create that agenda of reframing women in tech and sort of highlighting the actual positives to actually encourage more women actually to come into the industry there's a slight irony there is that we've almost created an unconscious bias or confirmation bias against ourselves and I'm not underestimating that you know people do need to talk about you know the challenges they've had um but I do think it needs to be finely balanced in terms of you know why people should join the tech industry even today for part of the talk that I'm doing in a couple of weeks I've asked my network for just comments about why you enjoy actually working in tech so I can showcase them as well so rather than talking about the challenges let's talk about the positives that's a really interesting and, and fresh approach, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I look forward to hearing that talk. So let's just touch back on your own personal journey then. So you moved out of corporate business and took the plunge and launched your own company, uh, which is Close Consultancy, which focuses on HR and helping to scale or, or help scaling tech businesses, yep. I think. Is that right? Yeah. Um, but shortly, not long after that, about six months after that, you co-founded Tech Returners, um, which is um, another initiative that is focused on helping women, but in a much more hands-on, practical way. And I think that was inspired by research, wasn't it? Um, Which kind of showed the penalty that women um, sort of experience when they they take a career break. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so it was actually um, started through my own experience. So like I said, um, six years ago, I fell pregnant. Um, I was exceptionally career-driven um, from what I wanted to achieve, uh, my my own sort of vision for myself. Um, and I didn't really un- understand how that was going to fit, you know, work and then family. Um, so during my career break, and it wasn't until I actually came back that I really sort of felt that whole challenge of actually going back into work so um I lost my network because I couldn't attend all the events that were happening in the evenings um I lost some skills tech moved so quickly so things had moved on so much even in a short period of time and it really impacted my confidence and then through setting up women in tech north um, and hearing the conversations we're having there was so much talk about the amazing initiatives that happen um, in school like from yourselves like from innovate her um but where was lacking was the people that were actually leaving the tech industry and that not coming back or actually wanted to join the tech industry after a career break um and i could really empathize with them to say that, that there wasn't actually any support there and it led me to do a piece 
uh, look at research and found the um, PwC research on returners, which states that 427,000 women um, on career breaks during that time. But where was the support to actually help them transition back? So it was started off as a purely a passion project, and we partnered up with Barclays Eagle Labs, who kindly gave us some space um, in Salford Keys. And I just posted a couple of things out on social media just to see if there was an interest, um, of, like running a course to help people come back into technology or enter technology. It wasn't specifically female; it was open to all returners. And we had an overwhelming response and our first cohort um, was seven and it was actually all females. Um, and then the feedback that we got through there was that there was um, programmes out there and boot camps and courses, but there was barriers. So there was a cost barrier. So these women who haven't worked, where were they going to get the cost from to actually go on these courses? But also, also a flexibility. So there were courses were mainly full time. So how could they juggle that with childcare or other commitments that they had? So they really liked the sound of the course that we were offering. We were just offering it on a Wednesday from 10 till 2, so fitted in with childcare. Um, but what we really learned from that was not only the technical skills we were giving them, we were actually giving them a community of support. So they came in on the first day, and I can say they probably, and they won't mind me saying they didn't speak to each other, by the end of it, and even now, so two years from our first one, that we're arranging a Christmas do, and they're all supportive of each other because now they're all starting to find the first tech jobs. And, it, and we're not instrumental in that. That's just them leading it through their own network that they found within each other because they can empathise with each other's situation, which I think is amazing. And that sort of led to another cohort... Um, and that's now led to us working with companies to support them on the returners' um, sort of train, training um, and development back into the workplace. So our sort of first programme starts next week with the BBC. Can you tell us a bit more then about the, the programmes themselves, the different sort of offerings that you, yeah. That you have? Yeah, yeah so the first couple that we ran were just intro into coding. So we offered a free 12-week um, intro to coding course, which covered HTML, CSS. And during that period of time, they got to build their own website. So they actually had something at the, physically at the end of it to actually showcase. And um, we also touched upon like CV uh, writing, LinkedIn profiles, helping them support what their next steps were going to be. Um, but now when we're working with organisations, say like the BBC, we've sort of taken it a bit of a step further. So the BBC have created an entry-level um, software developer role and we're upskilling um, 16 females to um, be able to apply for that role. So we cover the fundamentals of software development, front-end um, topics such as React and JavaScript, back-end such as Node, and we're touching cloud in terms of AWS as well. That's all supported, and I can't emphasise this enough, around the personal development as well. So talking about um, where they want to achieve, what are the transferable skills that they've got, talking about confidence, talking about imposter syndromes, because it is so, so important. And I think when I look at the returnship programs that are out there, fantastic. Don't I'm not underestimating them. However, there are a lot around the technical skills. They're not really focusing on the personal skills. And I think helping people transition back to work, you really need to focus on that as well. And it's not just into employment, though, that the, um, the programme develops those, those people, is it? Because I know that we came down 
It was uh, Jill from our public sector, from UK Fast Public Sector, came down and did a brown bag lunch and there was at least two um, people there, I think, that were actually starting businesses. Is that right? Yeah, so in, uh, for our intro code, um, coding course, we had four people that um, have gone into tech employment, so working in the tech industry. And we've had two, well, now three people, actually, that have set up businesses on their own, So, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and just seeing them sort of flourish through that, it, it's just fantastic to see. I know we don't want to, you know, sort of dwell too long on the, the research and the, and the stats about why we need to do this for the, for the tech industry and for, for the tech scene. But I think we can perhaps frame it in terms of the opportunity, the opportunity that lies for the tech industry if we persevere with programmes like yours and what impact that they can have. So um, could you give us a quick sort of um, 30 seconds highlights on what that, you know, for anyone that's listening, particularly employers out there, about why they would want to get involved in programmes like this? Like you said, we all know the stats. So we all know the gender pay gap, 18.5% in tech. We all know that there's only 17% diversity in Greater Manchester. And we all know there's a massive war for talent on. Um, no one needs to know, no one needs me to emphasise that because I'm sure everybody knows it. Um, I think where we can provide that opportunity um we did some actually research this week with tech nation and i think next year we're looking just over seventy-seven thousand jobs um are going to be within manchester alone tech jobs um and our traditional ways and um, we're not going to build that pipeline um and some fantastic work like i said done in, done on the younger generation but there's still time that they need to go through um to actually become into employment we have a massive <clears throat> untapped talent pool of returners that we're not even looking into. So where people can actually invest in talent and just see past a gap on a CV and look at the transferable skills that someone can have and upskill them in technical skills, you've got talent there wait, ready and waiting. Just to give you an example, we didn't know what the demand was going to be for um, like our courses that we now run. So when the BBC went out and sort of said that they were going to offer 16 free places for the training that we're going to deliver, we didn't know how many people would apply. They had circa of 100 females that want to become software developers. We then had to narrow that down to 50 to come to an assessment centre. And to everyone who's run assessment centre, you know the dropout rate. We had still had 47 females turn up. And then we had to make the decision to choose 16. But I've got to tell you, it was the hardest decision because these females had done coding in their own time. They'd been to meetups. They'd done their own learning. And I just wanted to basically put my arms around them all and just Hire go, come all. with me, you know, I can, yeah. I'll help you. Um, so... I've been I've been challenged before saying there's not demand for it and believe me now I know there is so now we're our mission next year is to work with employers and say right okay you talk about there's not enough talent there there actually is you just need to look at different ways of um, creating opportunities and getting a looking at a different talent pool. It sounds like actually then what you're saying is that it's not necessarily that there isn't enough women wanting to get into tech because I know we were talking about the negative stories and why you mm. want to reframe that and we do need to get attract and encourage more because there is a big issue at school level particularly um but if the demand if the demand is there there's people there women there they're looking to code they want to become developers and don't have the finances or the flexibility to be able to enter into the boot camps that are available um so therefore that's the gap it's the tra- the training is the gap yes and but also employers mindset 
Um, so the mindset of the employer is, and we get this question um, put to us quite a lot, okay, well, it takes a, a certain amount of time to get them skilled and then obviously a, a certain amount of time to integrate them with them in the workforce. And I'm not underestimating that. But I counter-argue with that, okay, well, and I know on ta- an average time to hire to hire a software developer is about three months anyway. You're paying anything between 5500 to £8,000 recruitment fee per head. Then plus the time that it actually takes to find those CVs, um, interview that person, and you're not even actually sure if they're the right fit until they've actually come, so you've got your probationary period. Take our approach where you can train 16 people in a cohort, for example. You're investing in them, um, and then you're embedding your own culture and values within those 16, and you've got a pipeline of talent, which costs you a hell of a lot less than it is to find one person in the traditional way. So I think a lot of education needs to be done. Yeah, it's short-term pain, but it's long-term gain because then you've got a pipeline of of, um, talent coming in. But then think about then they've got all those transferable skills. So they'll they'll upskill quite quickly, therefore progress potentially into leadership roles. Then you're sort of fixing one of the reasons why we've got such a large gender pay gap as well. So, you know, it's a win-win situation all around. Yeah. Do you think um, initiatives like the Working Forward Pledge, I know we both um, attended that event, um, which was the Equality and Human Rights yeah. Commission um, sponsored initiative, which is the UK wide um, programme. Um, do you think things like that help? Like Gail Jones, co-founder here at UK Fast, she signed up to it, but it was easy for her to do because mm. we they already have a really good maternity and mm. paternity and shared parental leave package here in terms of, you know, the first day off for school and yeah. flexible working and like I don't have any children so I don't know exactly all the, mm. <laughs> all the details. Yeah. Um but you know there's enhanced I know that there's an enhanced parental leave and you know all these things that they try to do to be flexible because you know they've they've grown they've become parents in their time of running this company so they've learned sort of what, what things that employees might need. So it was easy for them to do but yeah, you know, do you think things like that help educate other employers that need to come on that journey, or what do you think? They Definitely, I think um, again, um, great event, but I felt that they were preaching to the converted. Um, majority of the audience were there. I would probably say ninety percent female. Um, just stats on top of my head, and I think a lot of them had already, like you said, with companies like yourself, that actually thought were thinking about you know, putting things in place or have things in place. I think it's an education process for those companies that don't even know about it or haven't even considered it. Interesting you say about maternity returners. So when I look at returners, you've got two sort of um, camps as such. You've got your short-term returners, so people who have gone on maternity or paternity leave or adoption leave, and they're transitioning back into the workplace. And again, there's not enough support of actually trans- helping them transition back. So basically, when you sort of say, oh, I'm pregnant, it's almost some companies just say, all right, well, that person's not here. And I was almost like they've left before they've actually left. Yeah. And then when they come back in, it's almost a discount 
granted, oh, that person won't want to progress anymore. You know, we'd leave them out of the projects, we'll leave them out of the career progression. And it's sort of like writing it's, that person off. It's like well-meaning, well-meaning discrimination. It is, it's like, oh, yeah. don't you know, Becky and won't want to do that. She's a same. mother now. Yeah, <laughs> not everybody's Still the person. same. Every, some some mums, I'm going to just use their maternity leave, some mums, yeah, want to have the nine, 12 months off, which is absolutely fantastic and, you know, great. Some mums don't. Some mums still want to do some work within that period of time. So having a policy in a handbook and one size fits all does not work. You need to ask your employees what they actually want out from that period of time. And then obviously you've got your long-term career breaks where for some reasons where they've actually lost that talent because they might have not... Um, treated them so well you know coming back from say maternity leave that have been out for a period of time so I think again you need to look at it from those two camps as well and not just look um at returners as long term you've actually got returners coming in after short-term career breaks as well yeah and uh, I think the one that we haven't touched on but we did meet um a gentleman he was on he was on a career break technically because he had a long-term redundancy yes Isn't that right? yeah or he was an older gentleman yeah. he was yeah. going for an interview that day it was lovely to meet him can you tell us a bit about those businesses that have launched off the back of the programme then, Becky? Like, what are they doing and how are they getting on? And, you know, that's, a, that's an amazing result from, from the programme. Tell us about those. Yeah, so uh, one of the business um, was um, a business where they make... Um, I'm going to probably not say it in the right way, so I'll explain it in my words. Um, so 3D printing, 3D cutters, um, so anything from badges to... Um, prints on t-shirts and things like that and she the lady lisa had set it up in her own sort of like um studio um which was absolutely amazing so she had actually established her business but wanted to then grow it um and came on the course so she could um redo her website or actually create a website and then look to grow it on social media and her presence um and now like when you follow her she's she's got a studio all now set up she's invested in the machinery because obviously it's a large financial costs and got and got everything sort of set up and now starting to trade which is absolutely amazing um another one of the ladies um has set up her own um sort of digital marketing services business so again she wanted to create websites and her own presence to actually offer her services out there likewise with um another lady on the course uh, she become a celebrant so um, really interesting career, right. not, not something that I, I'd actually understand much about until, until so ma- she came people. on, yeah, doing blessings and um, yeah. um, marrying people Brilliant. and christenings and things like that. So again, she set up a, a website and I actually saw on her Twitter, she'd, she'd done one of her first ceremonies the, the other week and she'd posted it all over Twitter and things like that. But what she, she'd been in the media um, industry before so her website she was able to create um quite visually in terms of some quotes around people that she'd worked with and things like that so it's sort of like that course gave people the platform to then progress into what they wanted to do going forward that's really amazing i'm sure that was quite a high point to see you know quite an emotional one for them to yeah, get yeah to do in their first blessing and it was really uh, talking about high points it's one of the ladies, um, so two of the ladies from our course then went to um, North Coders, one of the boot camps. Uh, Rachel, um, who has just secured um, her first junior developer position, and she was looking for part-time because she still wanted to balance um, her childcare and just successfully secured it and started this week. 
Brilliant. And Emma, who also has completed, just recently completed North Coders, has actually now started her job search as well. So it's amazing to see them actually entering the tech industry. But I think our, one of our biggest successes was um, Heather. So she was a maths teacher. She came on our 12-week course. Um, and then with our support of writing her CV and, you know, the confidence that she said that we gave her, she then applied for a role as a UAT tester at AO.com mm-hmm. and she got the role, which Brilliant. is amazing. And now she's progressed to auto trader. She's now like um, a Java, trained to be a Java developer, auto trader. And that's just through our course. So it's, yeah, seeing those success stories mean mean the world to us both, yeah. So the podcast series is dedicated to the challenges that keep entrepreneurs awake at night. Um, so what would your advice be to uh, people that are on career breaks at the minute but have not necessarily wanting to go into work but or have a business idea but really don't know where it's the first place to start or are struggling with that belief that they can actually do it? What would be your advice based on your experience across the programs you run? Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one because I was talking about this the other day. Um, I'd wish I had had the confidence to start my own business earlier on um I'm not saying that I'm, I'm too old to do it but I'm you know when you look back and there was moments in my sort of journey that I said oh I could have done it there could have but I didn't have the confidence I felt that I needed that sort of corporate career um beforehand so I would say if you've got an idea go for it but my piece of advice is that network um is really important um I think build your network up ask for support there's loads of people out there that are willing to offer you know advice and support of where to go you know tech manchester is fantastic in terms of the the free support that you offer as well um so there are people out there that are willing to help and that's i've sort of underestimated that a little bit when we started um but it was almost just ask the question and people will then point if they can't help they'll point you in the right direction and it's yeah i think that's fantastic to do so that's such a common theme. I think every podcast yes, we've asked that for, just ask for help, and I think that's you know that's it's what I see in in my experience in my role is that there are so many people out there that are prepared to help somebody coming behind them. So just ask and, and don't give up. Yeah, my, my, what's one the worst of my that's going to happen? <laughs> quotes from Winston Churchill um, is never, never, never give up because you will get setbacks and there will be days where you think this is just not going to happen or, or, you know, you look at your cash flow and go, oh God, how am I actually going to mm. live this month? And, you know, um, but then it, things just change in a, just a matter of seconds. Something can change and you mm. can go from the almighty is low to the almighty is high. Um, and my, my key is just don't give up. Persevere. really don't give up. So what's ahead for tech returners? What's next? What does 2019 look like? So like I said, we start with the BBC next week um, which and their Step Into Tech programme, which um, we're just so excited about. And now we want to roll out the programmes um, into 2019. So we're talking to a lot of employers that have the challenges of recruiting tech and we're trying to work with them to partner by delivering more returner programmes to them. Um, we've got, you know, we've got quite a lot of interest, but again, I think it's that long process of that education of like, there is a talent pool out there. So I'm not going to say it's going to be easy or an overnight, but I think having a great name like the BBC and them being so forward thinking is going to really help and support us. Uh, like you said, Women in Tech North, um, we're growing and growing and we've got some great plans, um, 
like we touched upon before, but we're now going to have our own website. We're going to have um, a diverse steering group. Um, and now we want to branch out in terms of doing tech and non-tech um, meetup groups as well because we think there's a gap in the market for there. So that's all fantastic. Yeah, and um, I think I think I've got a little one on the way. Um, so yeah, um, in April. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah, um, a little girl as well. So Aww. another women in tech. <laughs> Yay! Um, and I suppose I want to almost show people that are returning especially because it's it's such a, an app situation that you can have it all mm. um i know sometimes people really challenge and question that statement but i want to show that it is possible you know if you've got dreams and ambitions that you know it, you know it, you you can sort of have that home life and that successful career um and yeah to show them that it's possible be a role model for that yeah, feels like you've really successfully balanced that sort of worky and and homey, which is great. And I think we need role models like that um, to inspire others. Uh, the BBC's program sounds amazing, and it's so encouraging to see that so many women are wanting to get into tech. What about the introduction program that's open to everyone? Is that still going to run alongside that? Yes. Yeah, so we're going to relaunch that in 2019. And what's great is that actually our ex-tech returners who have been on our courses are actually going to be involved in delivering those as well. So it's actually people who are going to go on them are actually going to have the um, expertise and sort of the knowledge of other people that have actually been through the similar course and um, we're going to modify it a little bit so we're going to condense the the courses into sort of like bite-sized chunks rather than doing it over a period of like 12 weeks it still is a quite a big commitment for people to still um sign up to so yeah watch this space and in 2019 we'll uh, definitely be launching those as well so if you're out there thinking about a career in tech, keep an eye on the Tech Returners website. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, and it's a great opportunity. We say those intro courses are a great opportunity. If you don't know whether tech's for you and you don't want to commit to financial cost or commitment, just come along, have, 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 have a sort of like um, a taster session into what actually the world of tech can actually look like and then you can either progress onto further courses or you can obviously just take that knowledge and, and you know, that's not for you. It's probably just a great place to dispel some of those, um, I'm not going to say they're myths, but you know that there is some great news stories where both women in tech, we've both had very positive experiences in it. Yeah, and meeting people when they're in, your, they're in the same situation as you, which is really important. So, you know, going in and, you know, meeting other males and females that have had those breaks and, you know, understand what you're going through as well. So also what we, we're going to do is open um, an open community up for tech returners. So people who may not have been on our courses, I still have a lot of returners approach me just for that piece of advice. Like I was with one lady last week who um, had had a very senior um, career in tech and she had a career break from raising her little boy and wanted to get back into tech and was just asking my advice around certain programs, some, some companies that she should approach. And it got me thinking that we need to open our community up and because it's like that whole, you know, you'll know it, Trish, about that mentoring, reverse mentoring, you know, invaluable um, knowledge and um, expertise that if we can open it up and also to ask for people within tech that were a returner to showcase, you know, what is possible and their own journeys as well. So again, that's something that we're looking to launch in 2019. That sounds excellent. I mean, I think it's um, all those extra 
skills, soft skills that I think you develop um, when you do you go on a career break if you're doing childcare responsibilities. Yeah. Um, I know Jill, when she came down to talk, um, do the UK Fast Talk at the, the Tech Returners course last year, she talked about her time management skills going through the riff. And I know our radio producer, Sarah, posted today about uh, how she should probably be negotiating Brexit because she had spent <laughs> two hours negotiating Florence's hair, getting her hair done this morning. Yeah, um, so yeah, their negotiation skills, the time well, management I'm, I'm skills. I'm on creativity for my, the, my son's Christmas nativity outfit. And I'm like, right, OK, I've got a piece of paper coming home and going, You're, he's going to be in the Nazareth crowd. And I'm like, wow, I wouldn't even know where to start. So I'm going to be using all my creativity skills to make a costume. <laughs> but, but you are right. I think it's the whole thing about underestimating those amount of transferable skills, you know, mediation, negotiation, time management, budget planning, just to even, even get out the door <laughs> each morning. Yeah. yeah, I think they underestimate it. And then when you actually point it out, and they go, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, I've got that as well. For you out there who are on that career break, who are thinking about uh, a business that you want to get off the ground, I hope that's given you a bit of inspiration and answered a few of the questions and concerns. And um, I'm sure that Becky would be happy to hear from me if you would like to progress any of those types of things on any of her programmes. Um, We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. Um, Have we answered the questions that, that are keeping you awake at night? Please log on to iTunes, leave a review, leave your questions. And we'll continue to answer those through the through the series as we go. Um, but hopefully for now, we hope that gives you a better night's sleep. Thank you. The light, the fear from above.